it's the absolute opinions about this stuff that drives me nuts. And it's not just the affordability argument. Um, it's really, it's, it's things like who it benefits. It's what the risks of, of open bidding could be. It's the thought that open bidding is an all or nothing approach, which hopefully now is being, I mean, it's been mentioned, but it hasn't been, nothing's been dived into enough. Is it dived or dove? Nothing's been looked at closely enough. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello once again. It's time for Level Up. I'm Daniel. Hello, everyone. And I'm here with this Katie. This is Katie. Oh, hi, Katie. It's good to see we, you. We've started interrupting each other a lot on these podcasts. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> anyway. We should, t- we should talk like we actually talk in real life, I guess, which is constantly interrupting. I don't really think, do we really interrupt? I don't think we do. We're pretty respectful. I listened, I listened to our last podcast and we interrupted each other a few times. It wasn't I, that bad, but yeah. I've yet to listen to it. And I was about to interrupt you to say that, but nonetheless, I'll be more conscious. Is it me that does it or both of us do it to each other? No, it's both of us. I think because you tend to go a little long, I I feel the need to interrupt halfway through (laughs) sometimes. I I tend to go long. I think we should start to develop. First of all, I want to develop analytics on what that looks like now, because I agree with you. I know I go long. But I do think you've developed that as well. Once upon a time, it was me being the ranter, but you've, you've got a good rant to yourself as well now too. I'd be curious how it's developed over time. We should time it out. Now you're, I could see episodes. you being conscious. I see you being <laughs> conscious of that. You didn't even want to talk. It's like you're keeping your vocal time down now. No, oh, you're not- right. Everybody, no, everybody has a tendency for the most part, I think, to go along with all of their answers. I was just recording a video this morning, like about um, just how to make your offer more uh, competitive with conditions. And I can, I just blab on and on. Thank God for editing because like I can condense it, but geez. I can and, 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 and where can people find this video? I see, I see what you're doing. I see the plug. My Instagram at katie.steinfeld. Check oh. it out. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. (laughs) I too put up a post on my Instagram this morning, but it's less relevant. What is your post about? It's about, I happen to be running for director at large in the upcoming Trev election. So to those, I think by the time this episode is out there, the voting might already be over. Actually, (laughs) you know what? I think this episode is going to be coming out on the last day of voting. So if you're listening and you're a realtor and it's prior to May 17th, get out there and vote. And you're a, a member of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. That's true. Or you know someone who is. And who doesn't? There's 70,000 of us. That's true. It's like one in every, like you should know at least three on average. On average. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We are talking about open bidding. Oh my God. Oh, my favorite. This is- (laughs) Rev your engines. Quite literally my favorite. And I apologize in advance because- all the days if there was ever a topic that merits a good rant it's this one so I put it on you and I will do the same for you to keep each other in check and to make this a conversation and not a sermon so okay we should have we should have a um let's reset the room we should have an agreement before and if you guys are watching on video you'll see this if one of us feels like the other person is going too long or ranting too long we should just like have this a signal like this like cut it off type thing i agree even though it's hurtful because i know it's going to be coming no but i think it's a good warning and i'm not saying just cut it off right away but just know like wrap it up because you're going too long right your point has been made yes you know and i'm I'm about to go on a rant not about open bidding (laughs) But this is something that I've noticed listening to radio late, especially sports radio. And mm-hmm. I think I do this and I'm going to be more conscious about not doing it. But this is every discussion on sports radio. And you're going to hear it now when you're listening, even talk radio. People start a sentence and a thought. And prior to getting to the thought, they cut themselves off. Oh, yeah. You I know do what that I mean? all the time. Oh, yeah. I, like I noticed said, that about myself. It's, it, it's, 
it's uncanny. So distracting, but it's distracting too. It's distracting to the listener. And as a listener, you just want them to get to the bloody point. Yeah. But they cut themselves off and go on a tangent. Which really is usually only relevant to like their own personal experience. Like they reach back into their own vault of garbage. Nobody wants to hear about. I I think when you're talking, your mind kind of goes in two different directions and you kind of think of other relevant points you want to make along the way. And then you can go off on these really bad tangents. I do the same thing. And that's why I listen to our podcast. A lot of times it's just to like figure out like the little tendencies that we have and try to fix them for future podcasts. We have lots and you've brought up one and here's a, that's another one that we probably do that maybe we'll be more cognizant of now. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's so open point. bidding. All right. So if you're listening, if you've been listening to us at all, if you're, uh, if you're not living under a rock, which most people hopefully are not open bidding is a now more than ever big topic in real estate, especially in Canada, especially in Ontario. And I think we can take this in a lot of different directions, but keeping it on topic and keeping it current, this is now something that has been introduced by the Ontario government as a concept that will be put in some way, shape, or form into law or into, can I say law? Can I correct you and say federal government? Well, the federal government has talked about, well, yeah, but the, the changes to TRESA are only for Ontario. Oh, you're talking about that. Sorry, I thought you were talking there's, about this. So, I mean, yeah. I can qualify this. This is a lot. There's a lot of different directions this is going in and everybody's talking about it. So maybe I won't keep it provincial because you're right. But I mean, on a regulatory side, there's been announced changes to Ontario rules coming. What? You're getting very loud. Like Am I? I I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> maybe just move away from the mic a little bit. I, I, I'm, I feel like I want to talk to the world. The <laughs> microphone's like, right here. Okay, fine. You hear me fine when I'm back here. I'm still loud when I'm back here. 100%. <laughs> oh boy. What are we? We're like six minutes in and we're still diagnosing our shortcomings as podcasters. But no, this, so anyway, this is, this is a topic that if you don't know what open bidding is, and many people don't, because people throw this around like, I don't know, they just throw it around like something that has a standard definition. Yeah. It's really the opportunity to know what other bids look like in, a, in an open real estate offer situation. Mm-hmm. And that in itself can take a lot of different definitions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think we can talk about like, I think there's a lot of confusion surrounding all of these announcements. Also, Korea put out an announcement. So anybody that's listening in Canada knows that the Canadian Real Estate Association just recently announced a partnership they have with a company called Open um, to disclose the contents of offers, um, more so just regard, well, it depends on the province and what's allowed to be disclosed, I guess. But for Ontario, it would be the number of offers received on a property at the moment. Um, but that's something that's also brought a lot of confusion as to what actually is happening there. What's interesting to me is that I want it to bring confusion now because people don't know what's going on. And I think the people who claim to know what's going on are wrong. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I'm just the a-hole who is one of those people who claims to know what's going on. But when I read people who talk about these different announcements and treat them with here's what this means mm-hmm. nine times out of ten that's not what it means like the the announcement you just brought up about korea and open and we will we won't dive too deep in the weeds in that no um but you're right you made a very important point there that the announcement that was made was purposely vague by korea mm-hmm. saying we're going to bring transparency to real estate in canada which is true in terms of their att- intent However, they then didn't disclose any more about what this partnership means and rather just put a bio of the company they partnered with, which spoke about all the things that company does and is capable of in Australia, which are fantastic things, but most of them are not allowed in Canada right now and won't be in certain jurisdictions for quite some time. So I think a discussion for another day might be diving in deeper to that. As you know, I spoke to the representative from Open last week and got from the horse's mouth specifically what it is that's happening. And I do applaud what they're doing. Um, And as you know, we're big fans of transparency, but I don't want people to go too far down the road and thinking they know what that means or what it represents because Korea 
and by association realtor.ca, which they run and own, um, are not a regulatory body and don't get to make the rules. They still have to abide by the existing regulations, which are very restrictive right now. So that being said, open bidding is, is a topic. It has been since we, since before we started in real estate, but especially when we started our brokerage and our auction company, we did that on the tail of probably the first time that open bidding as a concept really became something people were trying to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two, like very distinct differences between like just even the concept of open bidding in real estate, because there's auction companies, which currently aren't within Ontario regulated um, under the same real estate rules. Um, but there's also the idea of opening up offers in a non-auction way, which I think is the direction that the industry is probably heading towards a little bit um, and, and how that's going to operate is, is a big question because there's a lot of components to obviously an offer <laughs> that it's like, what do you off open it up to and how many chances do you give people and all that? I feel like an auction is more of a efficient way of opening things up and, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's, it's a vehicle yeah. for a form mm -hmm. of open bidding. Yeah. And I, I think, that's a good point because too many people equate one with the other, like they're the same thing and they're not auctions mm -hmm. are one mechanism to allow bids to be opened up, but mm -hmm. open bidding really, to me, there's different degrees of it, right? Like you yeah. can open bids up more or less, right? Bids are not fully closed right now. Like even in these blind bid situations, to your point, there are even in Ontario, people are entitled to a certain degree of information, although it's extremely limited, like the number of bids that are out there. Um, however, to make things uh, fair and transparent for participants, the more information available to them, the better. And the more you open up, the more open the bidding is. So yeah. absolute open bidding to me would be more like one of those out in front of a house auctions, right? Where- yeah everybody sees everybody and hears everything and nothing is subject to confusion in terms of what's on the table. Well, that's it. And I feel like, cause in Australia and what we know about Australia is so there's obviously more that we, we probably should know, but there's open bidding or there's auctions and private treaty. And those are the two options. And I feel like Canada is trying to create a third option, which is a hybrid between the two, mm -hmm. which my concern is that it will become even more uh, hard to understand, more confusing. And it's also important to note that I believe it will, well, no, maybe it won't require choice. Again, it comes to like consumer choice, like buyers sometimes don't want to open things up just as much as sellers might not want to. So that choice part is important. And I don't think, I don't know if there's going to be an option there or choice. Well, and, and so full disclosure to those of the people out there who may be meeting us for the first time, a couple of things. First of all, we do run a brokerage. Second of all, we do run an auction platform and are proponents of a lot of this stuff. Third of all, and we've said this before, and we'll say it again, we don't believe an absolute approach to open bidding or auctions is the answer. So when you talk about choice, we believe that consumers are entitled to and should be entitled to a choice in terms of how to do it. But what you're talking about, and you're right, is there should be a limit to where those choices begin and end, right? So when you've decided to participate in whatever this looks like, there needs to be a clear structure. If this is going to be something that's implemented, you can't just say to the seller, hey, you can disclose what you want and you can decide what everyone's allowed to see, have at it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I worry that as of right now, that's where we sit with 11 months to go before this is going to be enacted is a bunch of politicians saying, this is better for everybody. Let's just let people do what they want to do because that's going to get us our votes. And the elections are all taking place prior to this going into play anyway. So- let, let, let the regulators figure it yeah. out, right? Let them figure it out. Because right now, all we need to say is we believe in consumers being allowed to decide what they want to do, which is fine, but you've got to set rules for that. You've mm -hmm. got to have a clear framework that that's going to live in. And I don't think that exists yet. 
No, and I think that will be worked on over the course of this of this next year. Um, is putting in place. You're going to have to, um, mm -hmm. and I think Rico Real Estate Council of Ontario within the province of Ontario will um, have a play a large part in that. Um, what it will look like is another question, but um, yeah, there's a lot of guidelines that will have to be put into place, and I think. Again, a lot of people like we did when we first started this auction with the auction company is just we assume that people would jump all over this consumers would be like yay open bidding like let's get like let's just open things up when in fact. It's a new concept and you're selling, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but one of the biggest you know assets of your life like you're not going to want to try out like a completely new method all the time like it. it not a lot of people will jump to this without really um, kind of seeing how it's been done in the past. Like you got to have a track record for how it's right. worked. Well, and, and people by nature, whether it's consumers or realtors or anybody in between, they want what they don't have. They like to complain about the way things are regardless, right? Yeah. So there's going to be buy-in and there's going to be haters in whatever happens, right? And I think as an as a society, we need to take a step back and just establish what do we want out of this? Like, what's the goal? What are we missing? Mm -hmm. And what's a reasonable walk run for this versus going from absolute blindness to complete transparency? There's got to be either a transition from A to B, or in this case, from A to Z, Z, um, or agree that maybe going all the way isn't the ultimate answer either. Like maybe it's just about providing a greater amount of the information that helps the buyer in this case, right? So, I mean, we can talk a bit about open bidding as a concept, why people want it, why maybe these decisions are coming out and perhaps, may I say, spoiler alert, why some of those reasons are misguided and not the reason open bidding is a good idea. Um, because I think as a government, and the reason it's been a hot button issue with them is that this has been pushed as an affordability thing, right? As right. blind yeah. bidding is the reason prices are going up or one of the contributing factors. And I'm, and I think you are staunchly against that as a concept. Um, and we've lived it. Like mm -hmm. we can say this from experience of doing open bidding or doing an auction, at least as one form of open bidding. And as scientifically putting that against a blind bidding situation in the same market and seeing what it looks like, it's not the case. No, exactly. I mean, there are situations, we always say this, like, and we've seen this for ourselves where somebody is coming in like 80 grand higher than anybody else, for example, whether or not an auction would achieve the same results, it's hard to say. Um, right. You know, so it really depends on the property and nobody ever knows for sure, but definitely the auctions that have been really successful for us, we can't imagine that it would have worked better with the closed. Like it would have gotten low or yeah, I don't think it would have gotten higher with the closed system. I think it got the highest it possibly could. Right. Like as long as you've got multiple people interested, you're going yeah. to... The, the certainty with open bidding or with an auction in this case is you're going to extract the best number that's out there until there's one person left, right? Yeah. With closed bidding, you've got the possibility of having one person going way higher than everybody else. And we saw a lot more of that in the super crazy periods, even when we first introduced this company. Yeah. But from what we see out there now, um, people are reluctant to go too far in these because they're nervous yeah. about what they might be doing and how far they might be extending themselves when they don't have to, right? When you, exactly. when you see it, you're going to extend yourself as far as you're comfortable knowing that that's where you have to go. And so, like you said, in some cases, it will be more expensive. In some mm -hmm. cases, it won't. But to come at this from the perspective of open bidding is even a solution to help combat high prices is the wrong approach. Yeah, they're, they're not related. They're just mutually exclusive things. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, we won't, that's a whole discussion for another day, but things like supply issues and things like economic conditions are going to contribute to prices more than anything else. Right. And you know what, I, I'm, I'm wondering if, because I know we saw back in 2016, early 2017, like how the market shifted. And now again, the same thing is happening. Um, 
I wonder if because there's such like there's a, such a short timeline between those two dates that the next time the market goes up like this, if people aren't going to be as crazy, maybe not. Like I'm just I'm, I'm just wondering because like I feel like people go through one full cycle mm-hmm. of real estate, like they they live one full cycle, but they don't ever get to see it repeat itself. So nobody ever knows like when it's going to come back and go down and all that. But I I do think that if you've seen like two of them in a row, if you'll be more cautious and, and warn people. And I don't know. I, I mean, I hope people in our industry will. I think those who are paying attention yeah. will, ho- will hopefully learn from it. I just wonder how many people pay attention. Like, I, I want to believe yeah, there's a lot true. of sophisticated people out there who are reading the no, stats and right. looking at the yeah. analytics. But the yeah. hope is that people will use past events to help guide the future because mm-hmm. it's happening. It is, it is very cyclical. Like it's showing that, I mean, it's been a weird as weird a last two, three years as could be imagined <laughs> everywhere. So yeah. it's interesting that this is showing a bit of a cycle that, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's a cycle, not but, really I a mean, cycle, it just but... seems, no, 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 but you're right. It seems like a cycle. I don't know from a economic standpoint, if it is actually a real estate cycle, but well, that's it. And yeah, and you and I know that were you as bad in economics as I was in university. That was by far I my worst like, subject. Yeah. I didn't like, he it was such a good professor too. Farouk. I really apologize that I wasn't a great student for you because <laughs> professor Zandi was fantastic and he did all he could, but that just wasn't my subject. My knowledge went like the supply demand. I understood that was it. That, well, like, that, that was it. Chart. Yeah. And then anything beyond that, I was like, meh. Equilibrium made sense to me. Yeah. Like you want to, yeah. like you'll reach price based on, but like all the other impacts of things I'm learning as I go now, but I don't profess to be even a moderate semi intelligent person in that stuff. But anyway, back to open bidding. So um, what else do we want to talk about here before I go on another rant about something? You go for it. You're the, you're the ranter of this. And you, you, I mean, you put out a pretty good article. Oh, another um, pitch. Not too long ago about, well, just hold the whole idea of it and like kind of what grinds your gears and that kind well, of stuff. <laughs> what, what, what grinds my gears is, again, it's, it's when people want to go out there and everyone's entitled to an opinion, but it's the absolute opinions about this stuff that drives me nuts. And it's not just the affordability argument. Um, it's really, it's, it's things like who it benefits. It's what the risks of, of open bidding could be. It's the thought that open bidding is an all or nothing approach, which hopefully now is being, I mean, it's been mentioned, but it hasn't been, nothing's been dived into enough. Is it dived or dove? Nothing's been looked at closely enough with announcements that are so vague that it's left everybody else to fill in the blanks. So for me, I believe what's needed now, and again, it's April 1st in Ontario where this is going to be enacted. And I've joked, and I'm kind of half joking that that happens to be April Fool's Day. And I wonder if this is all just pulling the wool over everyone's eyes and they're gonna be like, nah, we're not gonna do open bidding. Um, uh, But I think there really is the need now more than ever, and there has been for years of greater consultation with a much wider group of stakeholders, right? Because there's a lot of ourselves included, all these know-it-alls who think they know what they're talking about. And we're not the pros. No one else is a pro, right? We can draw from evidence from other jurisdictions. We can draw from evidence from what we've seen in our market. But truth be told, what we've done, which is actual open bidding in this market, is still such a small sample size that it's impossible to know what the greater impact will be when this is implemented. Um, I do think, though, what we've learned in, in the time we've spent over the last five, six years of putting this into play is where the risks are. Yeah, and, 100%. And that's, that's what people, to me, they're not talking about that stuff right now. It's either this is good or this is bad, but they don't dive into the minutia of what the challenges are going to be. Yeah, because if people can find a way around something or like a loophole, like we see with any policy that comes out, there's always loopholes. But when you're talking about an open bidding situation where like you're literally relying on everybody to do things following the exact rules in order not to screw anybody over, I feel like we've we've learned all of those different ways and have implemented and like safety nets to ensure that none of that happens. 
And so we're taking it. I mean, it's only five or six years of experience, but that's a lot compared to like, especially because as you said, we're like dealing with a very small sample size, but if you open it up and let's say a lot of people adopt it, um, that's going to, that's going to mess things up. And that's why, like we say, we don't take every single auction opportunity that comes our way because we know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And we don't want it to be a failure, not only for us, but also for sellers and buyers. And for, and now, especially like, I feel a responsibility to the concept as a whole, that if we, if we have a big failure, even a one-off, it's, it's going to impact people's views potentially. And maybe I'm too big for my britches here by saying this, but it's going to impact people's views about how to implement something like this. Like, oh crap, there's an auction that just Mm -hmm. happened here and it tanked. Yeah. It's, it's a learning experience, right? But you need a greater sample size of doing it. And that's why going from zero to a hundred right at the beginning is going to be tough. So there's a lot of things, I think, and a lot of questions with open bidding that we've learned. Um, We can talk about a bit of the risks and and a few of the things that, you know, if this is our open letter to, you know, those who are going to start consulting about this sort of thing, whether or not we're ever going to be at that table, let's put it out there into the universe. Some of the things that we've, we've learned Um, to me, a strange, but I think this is the number one for me is this requires the complete buy-in of the industry. This, this is not even though it's designed as a play for consumers to support the consumer, and it is, and it's great for consumers, without an understanding and an education of the people who are going to be implementing this and a buy-in from the people who are going to be implementing this, you've failed before you've started, to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that's not getting into the specifics of what this is going to look like policy-wise, but we learned that with ours. I mean, when we first started, um, we were never anti-agent, like we are pro-realtor, but we weren't as focused on their buy-in. And mm-hmm. I think the more that we've been able to engage with our industry and our colleagues in the industry, it not only allows this to succeed more, but it allows us to learn more about what it needs to make it better. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause we, I mean, we tend to get very similar questions with each auction that we do. And for the first couple of years, the questions were really helping us develop the process even better. Um, so that's that's definitely a really important point. Well, and I, yeah, and I think those are the types of questions that now people are going to need to be prepared for if and when this gets implemented, regardless of what level of open yeah. bidding is implemented. Right. And I think what's unique to us is the fact that we're kind of merging auctions with the real estate industry, whereas you've got auction companies on one side that aren't regulated and we've got the real estate industry on the other side that haven't been able to offer this before. Um, What's nice about being able to merge the two is that you're also very conscious and you're following the rules that we must follow as real estate agents. There's a lot of rules there and there's a lot of like safe, like just different factors in place that make sure that people are fully protected. Um, even down to like the deposit, like it's held in trust and like how to get the deposit out, you know, like all of these different rules that we, we all know, and we kind of have, you know, just kind of take it for granted because we, we just, you know, live them all the time. Um, but, you know, that's why having an option that is regulated um, from an industry perspective, I think is a safer route to go. Definitely. Like there's, there's so many moving parts in a transaction. And even if open bidding in isolation is just a point in time in a transaction, and we don't even know if that's the case, right? Like when we started, our first auction was open for three days, even though the bidding only took place in the last five minutes, right? Now we've cut that down, but it doesn't mean that every part of a transaction under these new rules may not be impacting what open bidding looks like or open bidding as a concept may not be impacting each of these different parts. Um, One example of that is paperwork, something as simple as paperwork. Yeah. Um, If we think about blind bidding right now, you're submitting an offer the traditional way. 
Um, and everyone's used to how that works. And if you have to revise an offer, you submit paperwork again, you make the changes, you get it signed, you send it in again, and that's all fine. In an open situation, there needs to be an understanding of how that's going to look. Because if the number or if the offer is being updated in real time, or if it's round by round or whatever, without that being standardized, how does that look? You're not going to be filling out 50 different pieces of paper every time you want to revise an offer, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, is there something standardized to it? If it's an open bid situation, is it a different set of offer rules than what we're used to the traditional way? Yeah. And, if, and if not, what does that look like? You know, how do all the different variables of the offer change? Yeah. Um, what happens if somebody comes in like an hour in to reviewing all the offers like we do right now with an offer date situation offers are reviewed at 7 p.m. And how many times does an agent come in at eight saying like, oh, is it too late? Can I make an offer? Right. Like, how does that impact things? Like all of a sudden another offer just comes in while everybody else is scattered. It, it, there's so many questions. There, there's so like, many I, there's questions. Just, yeah. And, and again, like three hours. And and your plug, I, I did put a nice long piece out. It's my it's my first medium article in a while. I got back on medium. I'm I'm hit I'm hitting up that. So go check that out. But uh, but I, I I do want to bring up more of these questions though, like okay. without diving into the answers, but like yeah. who's in who's entitled to seeing these open offers? If it is truly open, you've got Korea. I would imagine, I would imagine, well, yeah under the open platform, then it would be publicly available. It would be everybody who's got access to realtor.ca if that ever opened up that way. But yeah. otherwise, is it just, you've got to be registered like you are now, which people don't even follow those rules to the T, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we've got a stick handle and industry right now that for the most part follows the rules, but not entirely. So you take yeah. a 95% rule following base and now you create a new environment that is going to have rules that are foreign to everybody. All it takes is a couple of people to not do it the right way, maybe inadvertently to discredit the system as a whole, right? Because it's always that first or second disaster that has everybody up in arms saying this doesn't work, right? You want to avoid that yes. if you're implementing something new. And yeah. that's going to be very difficult without very clear scenario by scenario approaches to things yeah no there's a lot there my 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 biggest concern is just the length of time it will take to review offers because mm -hmm. how many rounds like do you limit to the number of rounds i don't think you would i think you keep going until and, and everybody's maxed you? out yeah, well, that's it. Like if somebody comes in with a financing condition, but 10,000 more, and then somebody's like, fine, I'll take my condition out, but here's another, like, how many times are you going to go back and forth? Because like, even now with blind bidding situations, when it's an offer date, you know, if offers are, are scheduled to be reviewed at six, it's not, it's not odd for you to get a response or to have everything wrapped up by like midnight that night like I always go into these things thinking oh offer review at six we'll be done by eight no right. like it keeps going because we keep doing more rounds of these like you'll be done rounds 30 seconds uh, before your irrevocable time is when you'll be done if that yeah even then it's like it's even so then stressful like it's so I can't even imagine when it's open because like there's so many other factors at play and there's so many other discussions and it's like even people like how much are people going to go up like with our auctions people are going up depending on the price between one and two thousand dollars and people think that's ridiculous but it goes pretty fast because people can jump and like have a high bid and all those kinds of things we won't get into but if you're doing an open bidding situation without an option People could literally go up to 1,000, 2,500, a dollar at a time. Like, are there limits to the, you know, the price ranges that you can yeah. go up? I don't think you could limit that. Maybe. You know, I don't you know, know. You know, it just occurred to me based on what you were saying. Did you say, you know, you know, you know, three times. I think I said, or I that know. was a skip. It oh, must okay. have been you a skip. Like you, went, you know, you know. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, on, on the video, your face was frozen for about 45 seconds of your last rant, but I could hear you. So I just let it roll. That's okay. All right, it go was, on. You've got a, you've got an uncanny ability to freeze with a very, you know, solid fro freeze. Like you, you didn't look weird. You looked like, oh, that's good. You, you looked intelligent. Look <laughs> okay. Usually you good. look weird. 
No, I think, I think was, everybody no. always looks. Everybody's always just like, like that or something. <laughs> Which says something that your face actually goes into that position while you're talking. Like, no, it's uh, it's it's more like I, I know everybody has this like universal like speaking face that looks really weird. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> like your eye, What's like, the speaking it's like, face? It's like your eyes are like half closed. Well, you've told of... me about mine. You told me that I get like, holy crap! Look how many wrinkles I have in my forehead. Cheat! Look at that. That's like yeah, it's intense. That's it's like it's like a mountain. That's a like it's like spaghetti on my forehead. Wow, that's depressing. Anyway, um, as I was gonna say there, one thing that just occurred to me is that, and and I don't mean to talk about our auction platform here, but as a mechanism that might tie into open bidding is, we've kind of got an inherent escalation clause built into our auction platform, with people putting their maximum bids in. It's basically like an automated escalation clause. And I wonder if mm. one of the mechanisms, I don't think this is the right answer at all. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but with open bidding to your point of people going up by a bid and when do you improve and how long does it go? Maybe escalation clauses will become a larger part of allowing yeah. open bidding to function in a more efficient way. The problem is how do you then open up, then you're making transparent somebody's maximum bid. Which doesn't work. So yeah, because then people will just start beating that maybe. And it's then it just, just there's just so much to it. The moment it's a manual process, which it's gonna have to be in the in the early going at least. When it's manual, like in terms of not being some sort of a platform mm -hmm. where things can all just feed in. Yeah. It's going to be very complicated. And and also from the seller's perspective, I feel like that's going to stress the hell out of them totally. because they're just going to be getting all of these random offers and like, they're all going to have an irrevocable. So what happens if people are still going and like irrevocables are expired? Do you just take like an offer that looks really good at a certain point in time? Well, that, that's where I think one of the most important things of this whole concept is how are we going to dictate what the terms are in an open bidding situation? Like we talked about how much is going to be disclosed that it doesn't need to be everything but mm -hmm. we also talked about the concept of choice and how risky it is to just say hey do what you want to do be open don't be open disclose what you want i think irrevocable is one of those things that should remain standard so that everybody participating is subject to that you're right though if somebody shows up with something because they see where the open bidding is yeah maybe or they want to or they want to be a bully and say, you've got five minutes to accept my ridiculous high offer, right. take it or leave it type thing. And as a seller, where do you, I mean, everyone's got the ability right now to draw the line if they want to, but you're not yeah. going to walk away from a super good offer, even if it is a bully offer, right? If someone comes in and gives you an hour, but they're giving you a quarter million more than everybody else and they know it. Mm -hmm. And this is going to walk if, you know, do you have enough time to notify everybody else? Does it stay open or does it not stay open? Do, do you have to? Like, is there like a timeline that you have to give people? Right. Like, where does your, how, what is your ability to disclose what's coming in? If it's not automated somewhere, as a, as a listing agent, you've got a requirement and a, and a duty to all the other agents, not necessarily to tell them what the offers are. Although in this case, maybe you do because it's open. How do you yeah. do that? Like, are you just sending out email notifications every time a new offer comes in? And if they're coming in one after the other, after the other, like this will just yeah. be the stupidest thing anybody's well, ever especially seen. Especially in a super hot market, like we saw earlier this year, where there was literally 40 different offers coming in. Right. Imagine trying to handle, like, I can't even imagine how people handle 40 offers as a listing agent, let alone opening it up where you're probably getting like, four or five iterations of each offer. Right. That's just a mess. You're up to, That's yeah, you could crazy. be a hundreds, hundreds of pieces of communication. And that's why like you look to Australia where it's like private treaty auction. Like there's no, there's no middle ground here. Like, because the reason why auctions are efficient, they're fair and they're still transparent is that you are, standardizing all of the terms like i think you have to standardize the terms in That's order to necessary. make it in order to make it even work like how i just there's just way too many factors at play like closing date like 
you know, if a seller has like, and how do they evaluate? Because like, it's even hard right now in a blind situation, like, okay, this person's giving me my closing day, the other one's a month away. Like now I'm having to evaluate which one's a better offer. If the one higher that doesn't have a good closing date is, you know, like how, how do you do that? Right. right. So oh, yeah. conditions, like, deposit amounts, closing dates. That's like, why we, yeah. That's why the, auctions make it easier for sellers. Cause it's like, they don't have to think about it. It's just, they just keep seeing the price go up. And as long as it hits a certain price, like a reserve, then they're happy. Right. Well, and so, uh, yeah, you, you need to have, whether it's a standard definition of open for everybody or not in any given transaction if you're not so there's two things there's subjecting everybody to the same terms is one option which is what you're saying that everybody's got the same deposit whatever what have you so they're just competing on one or everybody's entitled to a specific set of information that's consistent because like are you only disclosing the price but not the closing date and conditions and all that or are you only disclosing a couple of those things? Like, where's the line drawn in terms of what you're allowed to be open with, right? Like, Absolutely. imagine you're in an open bidding situation where you know everybody's closing date and you know everybody is firm or not. You know what their conditions are, but you don't know the prices. And you just submit an offer based on what you I see. Right. I think, like, price is the biggest factor, obviously. Right. But even... Right. even- price without knowing where everybody's coming in condition wise every every variable makes it messed up but that's the thing yeah but nobody's been clear yet and i don't think they know about what open truly means in terms of what this is going to do like can you for if we're giving sellers choice can you force them to open every aspect of an offer up or can right. you say it's up to or you? Or is it an to, option for them? Yeah. Right. Do you disclose what you want to disclose and everybody's just got to be subject? Like, I think the only thing everyone's agreed upon is all participants are subject to the same rules. I think, that, I think that goes without saying. But, and then if you're a buyer who doesn't want the transparency, yeah, you just, I guess you just bow out of it the same way that buyers now who don't like blind bidding won't participate. That or way. like our or our auctions or our like auctions they ought to make an offer ahead of time or if they don't participate so right. but is that yeah. even an option right like if you're yeah. if you're doing open bidding does that mean yeah. preemptive offers are open or that's the opportunity somebody has to put their i think it's got to either be one or the other like i think buyers just have to accept the fact or not but that's what it is and, and where's that communicated right like this goes at the board level and at the marketing level Mm-hmm. buyers yeah. should be like the way right now buyers are not explicitly told unless their realtor tells them that there's an offer date or that it's a blind bidding situation. I yeah. feel like introducing this as an option almost makes it a new field in your MLS listing that says this is open. This is not open. Right. Yeah. Or offers are being held on this day or they're not being held or whatever it is. Well, right? I, I, yeah, that I feel like should be in there already. It, it should be, but I mean, it's not. Yeah. hopefully this is a catalyst to, to introduce that. It's just, there's yeah. that. And then even with open bidding, we're assuming that this is tied to a bidding date like we're used yeah. to right now. Like we're assuming there's a date where open bidding is going to take place, but is it just, you could have a listing listed at a given price yeah. and- if an offer comes in the traditional way, everyone's entitled to see it. And that's yeah. still open bidding. That doesn't have to be an offer date, right? So, right. so many moving parts. The clock is ticking on this one. I honestly could talk about this for days and days. And I hope that we do. I feel like we will be, maybe not on this podcast, but um, if there are people out there who've got opinions on this, and I hope there are, because this is a very important development like this is one of the biggest developments at least in canadian and provincial real estate that we've seen in quite some time um and it's part and parcel of the larger biggest development which is a restructuring of the ontario regulations as a whole well Um, yeah this is the second round but this is probably the biggest just because of what is actually included in it um but i i think the biggest challenge well not the biggest challenge I think one of the other bigger challenges is the fact that like you're talking Canadian Real Estate Association we've got like a provincial regulator and you've got local boards and so like 
how do you get all of those to talk to each other? We already know, even through like showing platforms, are is a challenge enough to try to like get everything to talk together, let alone or or data sharing. So I can't even imagine what it would be like um, to bring, you know, even just have a provincial system. You'd have to, like, I feel like you have to have that. A hundred percent. Because agents are, are able to trade in their province, anywhere in their province. We can't go to Quebec or to New Brunswick to trade, which is a good thing. Um, but if it's in Ontario, you have to have, it's got to be Ontario-wide. And I, I mean, I guess that makes sense because TRESA or the, the regulations are Ontario-wide. But again, the, the local boards would have to all be in agreement as well and have some sort of a system that speaks to everybody. Well, and let, can, can, I, can I take this to a, another level that builds on that? Yes. Which we have not talked about this much. And this I keep having these thoughts while we're talking, which is good. I'm glad we have these talks. But this is arguably, I think this might be the biggest issue of all this, which I've never even thought about, which is the data. There is so much information once things are opened up that are now going to be available that hasn't been before and right. potentially restricted to some people, potentially not. Who owns it? How is it used down the road? Because this is valuable. This is the data everybody talks about. You know, people using these platforms that some love them, some hate them, that are parsing data and that are scrubbing to find out information to help develop expectations and analytics and educate consumers. It's going to be out there now in theory, but only on a portion of transactions in theory and only a portion of the data, who knows. But then where does it go? Like we're doing a transaction. Maybe it's open to just the realtors who are involved. But then what are the realtors allowed to do with that after the fact? It was open to them and their clients. Or is this part of the larger play where, you know, organizations like Korea are going to integrate this sort of stuff into their platforms where the data itself becomes the real reason that open bidding is actually being pushed? Because now there's all this information that's available on mass that can be offered by different groups of people in different ways hopefully not, but probably monetized, right? So we need to be careful about what the end game is for this stuff, because the the reason that we're behind this, and I want to believe everybody else is behind this, is for fairness and transparency for the consumer. But there's a byproduct of that that could really get out there, a lot of data that we're not really talking that much about. And I just hope it ends up in the right places. And maybe the right place is everybody has access to it because we're also big proponents of the fact that our industry shouldn't hang our hats on the data is what makes us useful. But at the end of the day, there's only one owner of the data. Right. Right. And so that's the thing that we need to be worried about. Right. Who owns it? What are they allowed to do with it? And what are they doing with it? And how are they using it to increase their own um agenda or their their agenda yeah exactly right well that that's that's the concern and when you have that's scary and when you have a moving target right now that nobody knows in terms of what this data is going to be and who's going to be choosing to put it out there like when you choose to put it out there you need to know what's going to be done with it not just this is going to help me get more money from a buyer and a seller perspective and how are you going to get consent to do that Right. Future. It's like royalties for a movie star, right? Like if your sale is being used to generate reports for the next five years and all the offers that came on your house, I mean, maybe to the vast majority of people, that's, they think that's happening already. And in some cases it is, I guess, but who owns it though? If you're putting it out into the public domain, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. And we know right or wrong how long things take to get put together. And this is not a minor, this is not a minor concept. This isn't one little line in an act or one little rule that everybody's going to say, okay, this is how I do it now. Like this is a lot. This is just if this is in fact coming into play April 1st, and I'm skeptical, and that's no disrespect to anybody. 2023. 
well, hopefully not 2022 because that's behind us. No, I'm just thinking if people are like listening in the future or whatever. Oh, to... That's, yeah, <laughs> to all of you future listeners who are already doing open <laughs> bidding and wondering what we're talking like, about. Why, why are we like, why are we worried about this? This is just normal. Oh, my dad has been out there for <laughs> 10 years. Um, but if it is coming into play then, and this is such a huge undertaking prior to then, think about the other stuff like training and educating our industry on how to implement this. You can't just turn the switch on April 1st and say, okay, open bidding, go, have fun, good luck. You're gonna need months and months of, maybe it's a special designation to allow you to do it or some sort of a course you need to go through. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to get like a certification or something to- I agree with you. Yeah, well, this is one thing. There, we figured that out. All right, whoever's listening who might have a say in this work on the anyway, course, a master class yeah. on open bidding. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, good chat. Chat. <laughs> it was a combination what? of chat and chalk. Chalk talk. Good chalk. It was kind of a chalk. It was a chalk. It's better than um, a tat. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, thanks for listening to us ramble. I hope it was helpful. I hope it opened, I hope it just helped open up people's eyes to like, you know, it's not just as you said, like flipping up the switch. There's a lot that you have to think about when it comes to this sort of a concept. See what was that? That's, that's yeah. the light. I'm flipping the switch. I'm, I'm turning on the light next to my head. I would feel like that's my finger. That's well, there's no switch though. That's... <laughs> oh, you have the light in your the, Oh yeah. The, the, oh, I the... <laughs> what are you talking about? Turn on the light. For, for anybody who's not watching the video right now, now you have to watch the video and skip to like minute 55 to, I don't know how long the we've link, been talking. The link will be in the show notes. The, oh, the, li- the link is in the show my, notes. My ears are gone. I, I'm, <laughs> I was asking, I'm like, what's a linkle? Because you said the link will be in the show notes. I'm like, what is a linkle? The link will be in the show notes. <laughs> You're so frozen. Yeah, you were just frozen. Was I frozen too? Yeah, oh, but I think it was good. mine because I just got a warning. My connection is unstable, so yeah. it's probably me. That time, that, that time the camera wasn't as friendly to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about me. There are so many reasons why you guys need to watch this video. So <laughs> just skip, skip to the frozen parts. The audio is still working, so you'll just be entertained by it. I'm not even going to tell you what your face looked like there. Now you have to watch it all the way through to see what your face looked like. But anyway, we are now back on video for all of our episodes. So definitely, if you're not subscribed to Level Up for Realtors on YouTube, now is the time. There's no time like the present to catch up on all the goodies that we've got there, all the frozen headshots of weirdness and uh yeah and follow us everywhere else too because we're just going to keep doing this and if you follow us too late or subscribe too late you just have that much more you need to catch up on so be efficient all right have a good week everyone later y'all take care yay open bidding bye Level up, 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 level up,